0: Welcome to the Immigrant Squared podcast. My name is Anna. I was born in one of the former Soviet republics, raised in a small, yet very unique country in the Middle East, and have been living in the US for almost 20 years. I've always been curious about different languages, cuisines, music, and traditions. I also always had a desire to help people become their best self. I invite you to join me on an adventure throughout the world as I discover immigrants' stories Learn about new cultures, and together we find new ways to help immigrants unlock their potential. Welcome to episode 20 of the Immigrant Squared Podcast. Today I have the pleasure of speaking to Susie, who is a Chinese immigrant to Singapore and now lives in the US. If you've ever been to Singapore, don't listen to this episode on an empty stomach because you will get hungry. I know I miss the foods I tasted in Singapore. Susie and I spoke about her journey in Singapore, her journey coming to the US, about Singlish and how cooking foods makes us feel at home and comfortable. Hi Susie, welcome to the Immigrant Squared podcast. Thanks so much for joining. Hi, hi Anna, nice to meet you. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you for reaching out. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, What brought you to the US? yeah sure um so i'm susie i'm from singapore and
1: i came to u.s to study at a johns hopkins school of advanced international studies uh majoring in international development and then i came to the u.s last year in january so i've been here for like one and a half years
0: that's awesome and are you planning yeah. to stay in the u.s
1: yeah so i graduated like last december and then this year, like February, I started a new job in Washington, DC. So I'm working as a data analyst at this um, company whereby we do like um, healthcare policy research for the US government. So we are like a federal contractor. And I'm really fortunate to like find a job which sponsors my work visa. So they're definitely sponsoring my H1B work visa is currently pending. And uh, I think I'll be here for some time.
0: So tell me a little bit about your immigration journey. How has it been? How is it different uh, from living in Singapore, which is beautiful, by the way. I got the chance to visit there three years ago and I really enjoyed it. And I ate so much delicious food. Yes, the food.
1: Yeah, so I think before this session, I also listened to like your previous podcast, like a few episodes of it, and I think I identify a lot with it, like many different elements and themes that you mentioned about, like the culture, like pronunciation, like accent, and then like other things as well. So um, my immigration journey, the caveat is that I'm not like really like an immigrant here in the U.S. I'm still like exploring my identity here. yeah, but I actually migrated over to Singapore when I was four and a half years old. Um, from China, my parents are from China, and then I was born there. And then my my dad wanted to like create like a better livelihood for us, better future for us. So he migrated to Singapore in the nineteen nineties, and then um, after that, my mom went there, and then. My dad also pursued like further studies there, graduate studies. And then they both um, work in semiconductor um, field. So my dad is like a research scientist there. Um, and then from then onwards, we made Singapore at home. So I grew up there, but I was born in China. I think like there was definitely a lot of struggles initially when I was young, um, even though Singapore is like a very majority Chinese nation, but a Chinese like population but it's still different in this if you are like a mainland Chinese Chinese um Chinese and if you are from like India you are like an India Indian compared to like a Singaporean Chinese or Singaporean Indian. Um yeah so there was definitely like discrimination that I um encountered in school um, when I was growing up and but I think I perceive myself as pretty well like assimilated into the society. Um, I think it's usually the case for a second generation because we go to the same schools and then we hang out with people of our age from the country itself. So I think second generation is usually definitely much better assimilated into the society um, compared to our parents. Yeah, um, yeah, but I, I think when I was in kindergarten and the first few years of elementary school, um, that was when I had the most like discrimination and all that. Yeah, I remember like on my first day I went to the kindergarten and my, my teacher asked me what's my name in English and I was very excited to go to school back then, but I don't know why. On that day I just when she asked me that question I actually burst out crying <laughs> into tears. <laughs> I I like I really didn't know why. <laughs> yeah. But I was initially I was very excited to attend like a kindergarten there at, when I was four years old. Yeah. And then to, today I can remember that. Um and yeah, when I listened to your podcast, you mentioned about like them calling you like spelling Russian and all that. They call me the same like things too and asked me to go back. And then I was like, Oh, but um like I'm like we are already citizens here. This is my cut like this is our country. Um, but they, yeah, so it's, it's the same and I identify a lot of it and it resonates with me. Yeah. And I realized that actually this is not just my own journey, um, in Singapore, but actually many people, many immigrants, um, children encounter this too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It helps to know that you're not the only one and you're not alone and that people in other parts of the world are experiencing similar, um, struggles. So how did you uh, deal with those struggles? What helped you? Um, I think like I saw so there's
1: definitely a, a few um, like things that I did, which I think I can classify into three categories. So the first one would be like pronunciation. Um, so I speak Mandarin Chinese at home, my parents. Um, and then there is like, uh singaporean version of english which is called singlish so i definitely try to adapt and try to pick up slangs and um terminologies that they use um and then try to make sure that my english sound like a local there yeah to try to like assimilate into the population um and then here in the us i i know that if i speak english no one will understand what i was like going to talk about So. Um, of course, I'm more cognizant of that and I try to adapt my English uh, pronunciation or accent accordingly to the country um, and the environment I'm in. Uh, but that also like made me think about like the hierarchy of accent. Like why do we actually feel like certain accents are more superior compared to others? Why do we need to, you know, like sort of upgrade ourselves to um, pick up those accents instead. Um, yeah, like that was what I was thinking when I'm here in the US and then trying to put away my inferior Singaporean accent and trying to pick up like a more superior accent.
0: So why? what makes you feel yeah. like this is in, inferior? And would you mind telling a little more about what is the Singaporean English? I don't think everybody knows. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think Singapore English is like very uh, indigenous kind of English with like mixture of Chinese, Malay, Tamil inside. Um, We use a lot of slangs, which is like it comprises like Malay, mainly Malay and Chinese dialects inside. Um, Yeah, and I think for a foreigner, it would be very hard to understand it unless you you listen very, very carefully and slowly to it. Yeah. Can you give an example oh.
0: of a word like in Singaporean English <laughs> and regular English? I'm just super curious because I spent a week in Singapore, but I don't um, I don't remember like not understanding what people said. Oh, that's great to hear that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I, they just I, spoke I, regular English because they saw a tourist.
1: Maybe. Yeah. Well, that's that's great then. I mean, like, for example, it's like we would say like in U.S., we would say, have you eaten? Have you ate? And then there we would just say something like you eat already. Oh, I see. So the the punctuation, um, the grammar, everything is like mixed up. It's
0: yeah, it's not like proper in a sense. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm going to look into that. Yeah. I actually got to visit the Chinese History Museum when I was in Singapore. And it was so interesting in Chinatown to see the history of the Chinese people that came to Singapore.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I mean, they are also from mainland China, um, like Fujian, um, Guangdong province, Hainan. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed your visit there. Yeah, so... I think other than pronunciation, accent and all that, there is also like culture. You also spoke about like the different culture um, references that you had to pick up when you came to US for high school. Um, I think that was kind of like the same for me too. Um, like, I mean, growing up in Singapore is still all right because like I just watched like, like shows there and all that and then but when i came here i feel like a lot of times when i was interacting with my american peers they they talk a lot about things that i do not understand and it's not like a language barrier it's like differences in culture and they 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 talk about like songs like movies and music and Yeah. yeah like even like those artists that i've never even heard of Right. Yeah, so it's just very bizarre because I thought that I knew Western culture because I was exposed to Western pop culture when I was growing up. I watched uh, Nickelodeon, um, Cartoon Network and all that. Yeah, and uh, I watched like Western films. But yeah, like
0: I thought so too. I watched The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Full House when I lived in Israel. But apparently that wasn't enough. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. And then they talk about every single film, which is like iconic in U.S., which is a lot and which I had no idea about so I was watching like um one of the show I think it's called uh um, Forrest Gump which is a very classic American movie um yeah I was watching it and then my American friends actually told me that they watched that movie many times yeah so I was like Okay, (laughs) cool. (laughs) I have to catch up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like what you said, you had the least of like movies to watch.
0: Right. But have people been very open to teaching you the new culture? Or have you encountered people who are more like making fun of you? Like, oh my God, how do you not know this artist or this movie?
1: I think generally, like US-wise, it is. I think people are very open and willing to share about it, which I really appreciate. Um, I I studied abroad in Paris, like in France, many years before, and then I also studied abroad in Beijing and China before. So I was exposed to really different cultures. Um, yeah, and I think generally when I compare like transitioning U.S. China, France, I think US is definitely like the easiest for me to transit here and then to have like start a livelihood and everything to assimilate to integrate the society. I think like, especially Washington DC, like it's a pretty diverse society. Yeah. And then people are also very welcoming, open, they come from all walks of life um very they a lot of them are very global citizens
0: so absolutely that's one of the biggest reasons i love dc it's amazing that amount of diversity and and the multiculturalism that is um in this city so um where do you feel at home in singapore so i i know that you asked this question as well for other episode and i would say the
1: same thing i actually don't know where do i feel most at home um i always see myself as a very global citizen having lived in different continents countries capital cities around the world um yeah i feel like the word is my oasis and uh, i think my home that my definition of home um, just changes in every phase of my life Um, When I was young, I thought that, oh, the home is just where my family is at, where um, I feel most comfortable and all that. Um, But then I think now as I come of age, it kind of differs. It's My family is not here. I'm just here in this country myself, but I feel at home here because I feel like I can be who I am here and uh, I feel accepted in the society and everything.
0: So that's awesome. um, That's really great.
1: yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I think I don't really have a definition of home.
0: Yeah. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Home is wherever yeah. you are. And um, you mentioned that you feel good here and you can be yourself. But at the same time, um, you mentioned about the need to assimilate. So right. where do you find this balance between needing to assimilate, but also keeping your culture of origin? Um, yeah, I think like
1: trying to assimilate, it's definitely more of what I do um on like a uh, outside of my comfort zone, outside of my house. but then I think it I managed to like assimilate. I, I would say that I think I managed to assimilate pretty fast and easily into American society because I stay with a lot of Americans and, like it's kind of like part of my lifestyle when I interact with them and then yeah like just it, living with them on a daily basis it's it's like a cause a, a crash course for me to learn about like everything so yeah um but definitely I do keep my own in my private sphere I definitely try to um do things that makes me comfortable and reminds me of my like home, like which is like Singapore, um, so I, I do I do cook a lot like of like like Singaporean food.
0: That's yeah. amazing! Um, I loved all the food there. It was just too. everything yeah. was so delicious. What do you miss the most from Singapore from food? Right.
1: So I love spicy food. Um, I really like their curry, um, the chili crab, and all that. Um, we should I do a eating.
0: cooking lesson
1: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so i've been i've been trying to cook like a local dish every week yeah That's and awesome, uh, yeah. yes i mean it's it's like my comfort food i feel like i can go to a michelin star restaurant in dc and i will feel like i i mean i would love it but the satisfaction is different
0: yeah totally understand yeah. you i also find comfort in foods from, uh, where I grew up. So, um, it's, yeah, it's part of our, our culture and our being, and it's very, very comforting. Um, other than food, what, what else do you miss uh, from Singapore that you feel like you don't have here other than family? Um, I think
1: because I grew up in a society where it's like East, Mr. West, um, it's a very traditional Asian society, but then we are, we also follow a very Western style of education, pop culture and everything. I grew up reading like English books only. So it's still all right for me. I led a very, I I led a lifestyle with which I would define as pretty Westernized. Um, so it's all right, but I do miss like maybe the community back, back home, um, which, I also try to cultivate here. So like just getting in touch with Singaporeans facing um, DMV area and then like just meeting up like once a blue moon to catch up. Yeah, there are um, a lot of and
0: Singaporeans there... in the DC, Maryland, it, Virginia area.
1: It's, it's not a lot, but there's still a sizable community. And yeah, there's a lot of things to talk about every time when we meet up and just um, catch up. about. Uh, Yeah, what we're doing, everything just feels really great. Yeah, to have this like community there supporting you. Yeah.
0: So how is it different catching up with Singaporeans versus catching up with other friends here? Like what are some like themes that you can feel like you can only talk about with your friends from Singapore?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yes, I think the commonality is about like um, the differences between the countries um, like culture. Um, safety and like food and everything. Yeah, there's definitely all that. And uh, I think when we catch up, we tend to use a lot more Singlish. And it feels really nice to talk in that, um, that common language and uh, language that we are very comfortable with.
0: Yeah. So some of the things that um, make you feel more comfortable is like the language and the food right and if you have that then you feel the comfort of of home right right yes yes and the sense of community is something that i'm catching on in a lot of the the podcast interviews that i've done so far yeah for sure yeah definitely so you've also traveled around and lived in other places what is some of your advice for people who are newcomers who are coming to a new place uh whether it's temporary whether it's a choice not a choice um what is some advice that you could offer
1: right i think it's like if you find like a common hobby or interest and then you tap on that to reach out to the local community i think it's easier for you to break into it. Um, I think that's the case for me when I, because I used to do a lot of yoga um, in Singapore. And then like when I came here, I realized that, oh, a lot of Americans are very into it as well. So that, so I also, I did that. I I did classes with them and everything. And I made friends um, in different studios. And now I have like, kind of like a small group of like yoga friends yeah. And uh, I feel like it was much easier for me to like the barriers are not there when we share this common passion and interest for like a sport or like a common hobby or everything. Um, because like we would just talk about that thing itself first and then from there going delve into like other things.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining Suzanne, and for sharing your story. And I would love to, uh, if you could share any, like, of your favorite Singaporean recipes that I could share on my (laughs) social media or on the podcast notes, that would be amazing. I do miss the food from there. Yeah, sure.
1: I'd love to. Um, Do do you know Paranakan food? So Paranakan, it's it's like... um, basically some refers to someone of like mixed Chinese and Malay or like Indonesian heritage um they are like the straight Chinese there so they are like mixed Chinese, like half Chinese kind of people. Um, And then their food is definitely like very unique to the region, to the country, to Singapore, to Malaysia, Indonesia. Um, I can definitely share some recipe on that. And I feel like Perinakan food is something that I can't find in the U.S. and it's very hard to replicate as well. It's really delicious and
0: yeah. Awesome, thanks so much. Thank you. Well, I don't know about you, but this episode made me super hungry, craving some Singaporean food. If you've ever been there or tried it, you know what I'm talking about. I'll link some recipes that Susie shared in the podcast notes. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor.com. Until next time!